Hey there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to another episode. We have so much to dive into today, including Star Wars celebration stuff, which happened, you know, over the weekend. But first, we obviously have to start with the episode today of The Mandalorian, episode seven of season three. What an absolutely crazy episode. You know, this was one of the longer episodes that we have. And we got to see all of these different tribes of Mandalore uniting together, you know, for a common purpose, which I think was really cool. And it's interesting to see where this is going to go in the future. And especially with today's episode being one of those that's been kind of the common thread, you know, as you look at the last, you know, the penultimate episode of each season, you know, things get really bad before they get really good. And that's exactly, you know, what we had today as well. So for starters, the episode kind of begins just as you, we've been reuniting these clans of Mandalore, as we saw in last week's episode, and now they're all coming back to Navarro, and then they decide, okay, it's time. We're all going to go to Mandalore itself and retake our planet. They did sort of hint at a little bit of, you know, a, a little bit of issues, you know, is there going to be some friction between these clans? And they kind of played it up just a little bit in the episode, but it didn't really go anywhere. So I'm kind of excited to see what that looks like, you know, maybe next week's episode as we get some of the fallout of this event. I think that's where a lot of this stuff is really going to come to a head to kind of see like, okay, Bo-Katan's maybe failed again as a leader and then there'll be some of that friction in next week's episode. So, you know, as we saw that, um, basically, we got to see the return of the Empire a little bit. We got this sort of shadow council and talking about is Thrawn going to make an appearance? Is Thrawn out there in the weeds? We've yet to see him. Now, obviously, if you followed any of the stuff that happened at Star Wars Celebration, you'll know, hey, Thrawn is out there in the weeds and he is coming back. And there was even, you know, a little glimpse of him in the Ahsoka trailer and a glimpse of him, I think, in a leaked shot of the Ahsoka trailer or perhaps, you know, one of these upcoming episodes of Mandalorian. There's definitely a leak where we get to see, you know, his face. So on Navarro, we got to see... You know, if you remember back a couple episodes, it's been a little bit, you know, Din Djarin wanted to rebuild IG-11 to be a droid, you know, that could help with Grogu. And now he has been turned into IG-12 and he's almost this sort of mecha or this, you know, robotic suit that Grogu is going to pilot. And this is where some very needed comedy was in this season as well as in, you know, this episode. Now Grogu sort of has the ability to talk through... Uh, IG-12 with either yes or no, and you just keep pressing these buttons and buttons. And then later in the episode, when we got to see the Mandalorians, you know, some friction between them with uh, Paz Vizsla uh, and oh, I always forget his name, uh, Axe Wolves, had a, were sort of fighting and Grogu steps in and says no, which was a cool little touch. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out next week and in the future now that Grogu can one talk a little bit, which I think is is a good way to sort of do it just so he can play a little bit more of a role in it. And when Grogu does step into that fight, it was really nice to see Din and say, well, he didn't learn that from me, which was, you know, that's the Jedi way. And that was brought up again, which was another kind of cool little thing when Moff Gideon's at the end of the episode and he's got them all captured and he's talking about all of these different clans, you know, the, the Mandalorians, the New Republic and everything, and really it's the Empire that should 
you know, be above them all. But he looked at every sort of thing to make his new armor and his north, his the way he's viewing that this new empire should be run. Uh, you know, he says he even looked at the Jedi and they zoomed in on Grogu. So it's kind of cool. We're going to see all of these things perhaps come together. We got a little bit more lore in talking about the children of the Watch, right? And they specifically asked about Death Watch, the old clan, you know, Bo-Katan's clan of Mandalorians. And Axe Wolves asked about Death Watch. You know, are you part of Death Watch? And she said, you know, after the purge of Mandalore, Death Watch sort of fractured. So there's even other fractured clans of Death Watch out there, too. Din Djarin just has to be the children of the Watch. So there could be even more extreme Mandalorians out there as well. We just sort of have to wait and see how that how that plays out. So as they go to take over Mandalore and they they find this group sort of, you know, of like pirates, these these remnants of of Mandalore that have been on there on that planet and they're on this sort of you know, almost like pirate, you know, ship thing that's got like, you know, it's sort of just sliding along the now glass surface of Mandalore and as they're riding, as they're going to be going towards the as they're making their way towards the mind, the minds of Mandalore to go back and sort of retake it, a monster like appears out of nowhere. And, you know, I think it's the Mythosaur. You know, it was this huge, you know, God, very Godzilla like thing. They didn't say it was a Mythosaur, but we do know we saw the Mythosaur. Bo-Katan saw it. And it just got me sort of thinking this might be this might be somewhere where Grogu steps in, perhaps in the next episode. I kind of think as everything's going down in Mandalore, as we saw here, I think the Mythosaur is going to be a big part and going to be something to help topple this threat they're dealing with right this second on Mandalore. Or maybe it's Bo-Katan, but I just kind of feel like they've been setting Grogu up for this, which is going to be like crazy, right? Because you go back to episode two of The Mandalorian and Grogu with the Mudhorn. Then we saw Grogu with the Rancor. This could be Grogu with the Mythosaur. We do know he possesses that sort of Jedi power of animal control, much like Anakin, which could be something here. I mean, it could still be Din that rides it, as we did see Boba Fett ride the Rancor in Book of Boba Fett, or maybe it's Bo-Katan. But I kind of feel like this was some way to sort of, I think, I feel like I would not discredit the idea of Grogu doing something with it here just because that's just keep that in the back of your mind. It's something I'm looking at as we progress towards the final episode of the Mandalorian, because they've been teasing the Mythosaur this season. Oh, you have to go, you have to go to the minds of Mandalore. Bo-Katan saw it. Now it sort of, you know, blows everything up as they're making their way in. And then it leads them down to the mine. So I kind of feel like, you know, they've definitely been teasing it and it's going to have something to do in this final episode. So then with the ending of the episode, man, what a send-off for Paz Vizsla. What an absolute send-off. You know, John that's John Favreau's voiced character and him deciding to stay back. This is the way, overheating, overheating his gun and taking down all of those things to sort of help all the Mandalorians get back was such another just great ending. And Dave Filoni, uh, you know, especially John Favreau, these guys just really know how to write good endings for characters and this sort of last heroic stand. Obviously we saw that with Kanan in 
Star Wars Rebels. And man, this is just right here. You know, for me, like same thing, just another now Paz Vizsla is going to have to go up in my rankings of just these epic Star Wars characters and having these great endings to them. And then he goes up against three Praetorian guards, which proved too much, which was a very good way of heightening the Praetorian guards to seem very powerful. You know, last season it was the Death Troopers, and then Luke comes in and takes them out. Now you have these Praetorian guards, which is going to be interesting. We know Bo-Katan could fight them with the Darksaber, and Din, you know, has taken down, obviously, some Dark Troopers, which are pretty skilled, so it's going to be interesting to see them all fight together. Now, one thing we haven't seen this season is... We have not seen Sabine, who we now know we've seen in the Ahsoka trailer. I was really wondering if we were going to see her in this season. She would only have to she she could make an appearance next episode. Perhaps they call in more reinforcements because we saw all these ships take up and they're going to go attack that Mandalorian fleet. So this could be an instance where she comes in. Maybe they call out help for some other Mandalorians. She comes in and help saves the day and then that could kind of be a cool little tease of something towards the ahsoka series maybe we could even see ahsoka maybe ahsoka could show up and fight some of these praetorian guards and help out and then that would sort of lead into the ahsoka series but in the ahsoka trailer it seemed like maybe that was the first time they'd seen each other in a long time so i don't know how that's going to play out in the next episode but it's going to be cool to finally see it. The armorer, you know, she took those injured people back to that fleet. So the armor is going to be up there. Maybe she can call out distress signal. Maybe she knows more Mandalorians. But it's going to be like an amazing finale to this season. I just wonder how it's going to tie into Ahsoka. You know, we saw that with Mandalorian season two gave us a little tease toward book of Boba Fett book of Boba Fett gave us a tease for Mando season three. I feel like this is going to need to somehow give a tease to the Ahsoka series as it comes out. So today's episode, man, for me, this was like another nine to 10 out of 10 episode of the Mandalorian. I just absolutely love this episode. I love the sort of darker tone. It was longer and it was a very good, even though, you know, it's hard to watch these sometimes because we always just want to see our heroes win, but it was a very good episode for that penultimate episode to set up, make everything feel like now there's this big conflict that our characters are going to have to come out of. Okay, so with the Mandalorian out of the, out of the way, let's dive into the big takeaways from Star Wars Celebration, which did take place over the weekend. There was a ton of stuff announced, including three live-action movies. We're getting one from Dave Filoni, one from James Mangold, and one from Charmin Obadiah-Chinoy. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Her movie is going to be the Ray sequel, which is going to be taking place 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. I think that's what it sort of said. I don't know if they specifically gave it a, a date, but that's sort of the time, which is going to be interesting. And it's going to be this new Jedi order that she's setting up, uh, you know, some quotes here. I, I've always been attracted to the hero's journey and the fact that the world needs many more heroes said Charmaine, that's the director and excitement was almost too much from Daisy Riddler, who was there. It's going to be really interesting to see where that goes. What characters are we going to see? A lot of people are hinting. Maybe we'll see Grogu. You know, could we see Jason Sandula? Um, with these, I do still sort of 
I do just have a little bit of hesitation. These feel much bigger and more real than some of the other announcements we've had, minus, say, like Rogue Squadron and Taika Waititi's movie. It's just that they've announced a lot of Star Wars movies in the past decade, and almost none of them have happened outside of the five we got. There was going to be the trilogy from the Game of Thrones correctors. Nothing. Ryan Johnson was supposed to have a trilogy. Nothing. Rogue Squadron was happening. Then it wasn't. Then it was. Then it was. You know, it's like all over the place. Then, uh, you know, Taika, Kevin Feige is supposed to have a movie. Haven't seen anything about it. Now we have these announced. And these seem a little more legit. Like the, the fact that Dave Filoni is getting a movie, I feel very confident that's going to happen. The fact that they had Ray out on stage seems like it's going to happen. And then this other one, some people are saying this might, this James Mangold one. So he was the director of Logan, which I think is like an amazing, amazing movie. Um, and it's supposed to be a Dawn of the Jedi movie. And some people were saying it's going to, he sort of described it as like the movie Ben-Hur, which is like a classic, you know, movie. Uh, but if you look at actually like the box art for that movie, and you look at the box, the sort of logo that Taika Waititi's movie had, it was like the way he has Star Wars and that sort of like rock and it's crumbling. If you go back and look at that logo, they're very similar. So some people are wondering if this is like the movie that he's taking over for Taika Waititi. I actually would prefer that because I think this, I think James Mangold is a better director than Taika Waititi. I think Taika Waititi's, you know, obviously he's out there and he does fun stuff, but. I don't know. I like Thor Ragnarok was great. Thor Love and Thunder, not so much. And then he also asked Natalie Portman if she'd be in his new Star Wars movie, which to me tells me he doesn't really understand Star Wars as, as much. I don't know if it was just like a mind thing. He was just having like a bad day or something, or he just genuinely doesn't know. But I guess I'm just not as hyped about Taika Waititi as a director as I used to be but you know James Mangold did Logan which is like a very dark very a very great character driven movie I feel much better if it would be in his hands maybe we'll get both we don't know there was really nothing said about the Dave Filoni movie just that it's happening and that is going to be great but they did say it's going to be like a long time before we really see these and we want them to be you know they want them to be really good so if we see them, then I'll love to see it. They did give us a new Star Wars timeline, a new Star Wars timeline, uh, which looks like Star Wars finally looks back at Beloved Era as the Old Republic returns to canon. So we don't know exactly how that's going to be said. Just Star Wars Old Republic is going to be something that they do. So it'll be the Old Republic, which is like I'm assuming Revan and all of that stuff. Then it's going to be the High Republic, then sort of the Fall of the Jedi, which is the prequels and the acolyte series which there was like a teaser trailer for one of those that they didn't show it to the public but you could see footage of it so that's you know uh where where we're at now so dave filoni commented a little bit i guess on his on the mandalorian finale in his star wars movie saying hey it's the next logical step i don't know if i'd call it a finale i think the time period as of now is the new republic uh, time period, and it's something that has existed long before we were ever making the Mandalorian. The idea that Return of the Jedi was there was a new Republic, and the heroes still had to defend that Republic from the Revenant of the Empire is a very old idea that we brought into the first season of Mandalorian. But it's what's always there. And then, and then he went on to elaborate a little bit about Ahsoka, as did Rosario Dawson, and they were just saying, you know, if this does well, maybe we'll get a second season of Ahsoka, which I hundred percent think is going to happen. You know, the trailer for that was action packed as you'd expect. We also saw the return of Star Wars characters characters including Harrison Dula played by Mary Elizabeth Weinstead who's also 
Ewan McGregor's wife, uh, so Obi-Wan's wife, Sabine Wren, Natasha Liz uh, Bordizzo, who we announced like a long time ago, and then we saw Chopper and Mon Mothma. We didn't get to see him in full, but there was Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, we started whispering about Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire, which was absolutely crazy to actually just get that line. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see where that goes. So imagine this next episode of Mandalorian is going to tie up some loose ends we're dealing with right now with the Mandalorian's timeline. And then also put maybe do something with the New Republic to sort of establish it in a weakened state that could be really hurt by this in oncoming threat of, say, Thrawn, who we'll probably see in a post-credits or something. We will probably see Thrawn. And then, you know, it's going to be this Ahsoka series that explores it a little bit further as it's the in-between of this and Mandalorian Season 4. So those were kind of like some of the big, big, big things about it. We did get Star Wars Visions. Uh, there was a little bit of teaser of it. We're now we're getting Star Wars the Acolyte, we're getting Star Wars Skeleton Crew had it sort of revealed. That's the one. Let's kind of wait until we see it. Tales of the Jedi. Bad Batch is getting a third and final season, which I do feel is about right. Bad Batch just hasn't, for me, hit as hard as I thought it would compared to, say, Rebels or even Clone Wars. I think some of that has to do with timing, you know, like going on. I think the first season was just kind of cool, but we like we were just so hyped about Mandalorian. And then this season taking place like during Mandalorian, I felt like it just sort of buried the show a little bit, which is unfortunate. But I think three seasons for the Bad Batch is fine. And then, you know, we move into some new animated show that could continue the journey. And then we see those characters kind of like how we did how like Rebels, you know, Ahsoka shows up. So. You can still continue all of these characters' journey, but I think it would be cooler. Let's introduce a new cast and then have them come in, you know, down the line a little bit, assuming they all make it. Especially tech, we don't really know. He could make it. So still have to see what's going on there. So other than that, we got Jedi Fallen Order or Jedi Survivor, some new footage of it. They're building it up. I'm going to be covering that extensively on the YouTube channel when it comes out. So with that, if there's anything you guys have, you know, shoot me a comment at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. Leave a comment on the YouTube and we'll be diving into those as well as doing more live streams and a lot of that stuff uh, in the future. You know, again, I apologize. I had to take a little bit of a hiatus there because I hurt my back and I was basically on bed rest for like a month, which was awful, but I'm much better now. And I'll be getting a lot more just a lot more content coming your guys' way. So as always, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like Dustin Crops.
American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.